This is my last time that I will preach a full message. I will just be reading some things on uh, next Sunday. Uh, but it's the last time that I'll be preaching a message in 2021. And I felt just in prayer that I wanted to make sure that we understand in whom we serve, in whom we are to place our complete and total trust in. And I'm preaching this message today because I hope that as we leave a 2021, that we can go in with the mindset of who our God is and how we are to place our complete trust in him, understanding that everything that we have, if you would with me right now, take, taking a deep breath. No, we're not going to do an exercise class, but just taking a deep breath for me all across the building to understand where that what you just did comes from. To understand that those of us that are in this place that are living forgiven and transformed and we had a path that we were going, a trajectory that we were going that was destruction, utter destruction. And there may be some people in this place today that you feel like if things don't change, I'm going to hit a brick wall dead on. Some, it's going to stop someday. I'm, my prayer is and my hope this morning is that we could shine a brighter light yeah. on why all of that changes and when it does change, who it comes from. We would like to think that it comes from true church in this place and all of us and your pastor and all of your friends and the person that discipled you and taught you a Bible study. But it does not come from there. It does not come from there at all. It only comes from Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. And today I will endeavor, I will endeavor to not be so evangelistic because I most definitely want to get this, what God has given me, to you. Because I truly believe this with all of my heart, that it is things that we need to hear. Men, you need to hear it. Brute men, tough men, that you got the world by the horns, you need to hear it today. Ladies. You feel like it's all you and you got the, you doing everything and if it wasn't for you, it'd all fall apart. You need to hear it today. We need to hear in who we place our trust in. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Acts 3. Acts 3. I can't say it enough, but to all of our guests, thank you. Thank you for being with us today. I truly am. Truly am thankful. Thankful that you're in the house today. You can ask someone that calls Truth Church their home. I don't say this just to say it. I truly believe it. I do not believe in coincidences. I believe that our steps are ordered by the Lord. I believe you're here for a reason today. That there's something that you need to hear that God can minister and change your life. Acts 3, beginning at verse 11. And as the lame man, first of all, I want to preface this. This is a story. This is a true story of something that took place. And it's a pretty incredible, and I'll make mention of this as I preach, but it's a pretty incredible time because it is the first instance where a disciple, a disciple, 
men of God, men that were under the direction of Jesus as he lived on earth. It's their first time without him being there in person that they performed a miracle, that they were the ones that did something. But I love it. I love it in what they say about that moment. Acts 3 and verse 11. And as the lame man which was healed hailed Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon. Solomon's. Greatly wondering what in the world is going on is what they were saying. And when Peter saw it, pay close attention to verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, me and my buddy here? Why are you looking at us? As though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord right now. The God of our fathers hath glorified his son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just. And desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And killed the prince of life. You know, you ever heard that like when somebody's sticking it to him good? That's what he's doing right here. He's, he's sticking it to him good, but he's, he's got a point to make. Whom God had raised from the dead. Wherefore we are witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Somebody shout witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. witnesses. And his name, through faith. Somebody shout through faith. Through faith. Through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of of you all. This man is only doing this because of the one that you wanted to be killed. Amen. Verse 17. And now, brethren, I what? That through ignorance you did it. You were just dumb. And did also your rulers. But those things which God before you had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore. Somebody say repent. repent. There are some elements here that we got to do. There are some elements that got to happen if we want to participate and get what God has for us. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the time of refreshing shall come, from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Praise God. Today, 
on this last Sunday where we're gathering to preach the word of the Lord, to hear the word of the Lord, to become doers of the word of the Lord. I'm going to preach from this thought. Faith in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry it's not one that we can send a little sparkle to or the whatever that was that we saw on the couch. But if you think about those words, faith in the name of Jesus. We can say the name of Jesus, but it's different when you have faith in the name of Jesus. You can declare the name of Jesus, but it's different when you have faith in the name of Jesus. Would you lift your hands all across this building? Lord, I want your presence to fall on every person. Would you pray with me right now? I want your presence to fall on every person. Lord, I am no special individual. Lord, I am just your mouthpiece today. Let me preach your word that somebody might have life and life more abundantly. That, Lord, somebody's life can start that transformation. That someone could repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. That someone would know, Lord, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or even think if they would simply have faith in you. And, Lord, allow you to fill them with your spirit, washing away their sins and letting, and letting them know that you're there because, Lord, they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Lord, I desire today for us to have faith in you. You are the one and only true God in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. If you would, turn around and wave at somebody, and you may be seated. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to have them close by, or your Bible app, whatever it is that you use today. Have it close by, because there may be some verses that you want to Remind yourself of later or maybe highlight or something of that nature. This chapter, the third chapter, one of the most popular chapters, and as I stated before, in my opinion, one of the most excited, exciting chapters because of what took place. It was, as I said, I, I just relate to it because it's where we live right now as individuals, as people of God, as followers of Jesus Christ. We live exactly where they are living in this moment. Jesus, the tangible, the, the friend, the one that lived for just a little while that was always there, was not there in physical form that moment. But it's exciting because it lets me know if it could happen for them, if it could take place for them. When I read Acts 3, I am reading in 2021, going into 2022, that what happened on that day can happen on this day. All I got to do is have faith in the name of Jesus. But it's an exciting chapter. One of the most exciting of the entire book. As we see these apostles, I would say that they really mature. After the ascension of Jesus, they are really, Sister Cooper, starting to mature. Those of you that are joining us online, they, they are really finding out who they are without the physical man there. Understanding that the physical man may not be there, but he's still there. 
And if I, it's nothing that I can do, but if I can have faith in him, there's nothing that I'm going to make happen in and of myself and by myself and my own want to and desire. But if I can have faith in the one that used to walk beside me in the cool of the day, the one that used to be on me on the road with me and the one that I used to eat with, he is still right here. And all I got to do is have faith in his name. And if I can have faith in his name, oh, things are going to happen. Praise God. But I feel that if we are going to really unfold these verses that we read today, our text today, we need to look at the first ten verses of the chapter. Sometime after the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, we find the characters, the ones that we read about today, Peter and John, as they made their way to the temple to pray. It was on a particular moment, a particular hour, if you will. The Bible, the, the study shows it was probably about 3 o'clock. And they were approaching the temple. They were walking, making their way to the temple. They're, they're maybe talking or maybe singing or maybe worship. I don't know what they were doing. But they were making their way to the temple to seek the face of God, to pray. And as they approach the temple, as they get close to that gate, the Bible we read it today, is the gate beautiful, called beautiful. There was a man there. Not just any man, but a, a certain man. And this certain man was looking for something. This certain man was inquiring for something. He was, I, I need something from you. I need something from you. I need, I need something from you. I don't know how it was exactly, but he probably had a, he had a bucket or he maybe had a cup or something, and he maybe put a few pennies in the bottom of it whatever it was, I don't remember their currency, but shaking that thing, trying to, trying to get people to look at it. He was wanting something. You got the picture? He's desiring something from someone. And they're, as they're making their way, they see this, and, and yes, they're probably wondering. Oops. But all of a sudden, just go with me here, all right? Uh, I just know it's not, we're not having a Christmas play today, but just go with me. I can see Sister Debbie, their mind turning. But all of a sudden, Brother Adams, oh, it clicked. Man, I got something that's better than what I don't have. I already paid all my bills. I already bought all my Christmas presents. I already did everything I needed to do, and I don't have any tangible money in my pocket. But I do have one that is not here with me physically. But he's in me. Because the day of Pentecost had already passed. And on that day, I got something that I never had before. I got something that filled me up. I got something that transformed me. I got something that changed my life. Peter and John looked on the man and listened to this and instructed him, very important, we need to hear this, to look at them. You need to look at us. Look on us. It was most important that they had the lame man's, not attention, but undivided attention. You know how when you get your boys and your girls, it's mostly boys, really in trouble? I, I want your undivided attention. Listen to me right now. Now, they probably didn't do that, but they were like, oh, hey, look on us. 
Don't worry about anything else that is going on. But it was important that they, they had his undivided attention. It was imperative that he looked on these men. And if we look at the verses, the, four, the verse 4 and the verse 5 of chapter 3, there's some elements in there that will help us understand what we got to have if we are going to experience miracles. If we're, going to, if we're going to experience miracles in this day and age, if you need a miracle in your life, there's some things that we've got to do. Stay with me. First, Peter and John focused in unity. They were thinking about the dollars that they didn't have. They were thinking about the coins that they didn't have. They didn't have any. But, but then they got focused in unity on the need at hand. They got focused on the man that was lame since his mother's womb. And that was what was most important. No doubt they clearly recognized. They clearly understood that he had a physical ailment. There was a problem there. But they also understood that they had a God that was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or even think. They knew a God that could meet the real need. Somebody say the real need. It wasn't about the lame. It wasn't about the paralyzation of the legs. It wasn't that. It was the real need that the man had. Vital to the operation of faith is our absolute focus on God's ability to supply the need. We walk in this building. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but we walk in this building sometime with a need. And the need in our minds looks it's like we're holding the world. It's that big. And the need supplier we holding him like this. It is imperative Whatever it is, you know, huh, thank you, Jesus. I got something to preach about right now. The need, just, just I'm just going to get real and transparent. The need, Pastor Darren has put out a vision for Truth Church, our Transform Truth campaign. Monday morning, you know what I was doing at my desk in my office? I'm thankful for everything that's been given. But I was doing like this. Ask Sister Olivia. She was there. I let her know. I, I even sent out a, a message to everybody. Let them know that this is what has been given, but this is what people hadn't, that committed to didn't give. And I'm holding it like this. And I'm like, man, first time I ever did a campaign like this, and we're going to, yeah, we're probably going to meet our giving goal, but not everybody gave it. They gave. What am I going to do? We're not, we don't have a parking lot yet. We don't have it. All this stuff, I'm holding it like this. And I just said, in Jesus' name, you supply all our needs. Since that day, $20,000 has been given. I didn't say that for you not to give your commitment. Amen. Because this was unpledged stuff that was given. But God was letting me know that, hey, the need may look like this. But you forgot about the need supplier. Let me remind you about the need supplier. 
It doesn't come from the hands of us. Just like Peter and John said on that day. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. I know you're marveling. I know you're wondering. I know you're bewildered by everything that is going on. But hold on a second. It didn't come from me, and it don't come from you. It comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know what Jesus did on Monday morning? Monday morning, he went to somebody's ears and said, Hey, let me tell you something. Let me speak to you. Let me give you, let me give you what's going on. And then $20,000 was dropped in to transform truth. It's a far cry from what we need, but I'm going to tell you something, what it did for me, Brother Trevor, and it all just came together this morning. I'll tell you right now, what it did for me, it made me want to do this. I'm not by myself. Nobody's by themselves. I can't do it, but God can do it. And you can sit on your thumbs if you want to, and you can say it's just coincidental, but ladies and gentlemen, I got faith in the name of Jesus. And when I speak the name of Jesus, I don't say it just to say it. I don't, I don't put it out there just to make it preach good. I say it because I truly believe in having faith in the name of Jesus. I don't just say the name of Jesus. I truly believe that he is able to meet all of our needs. Get way ahead of myself. Praise God. But these men, they knew that it was vital to the operation of faith to have your absolute focus on God's ability to, to supply that need. And consequently, they urged the crippled man to focus his attention on them and what they had to say. Probably, hear me this morning, most likely, this man was not expecting anything. He was not expecting anything like what he got. He was probably mere, maybe just a few cents. Maybe just a few alms in the bucket or in the, in the pail or whatever it was that he had on that day. But this particular day, these men said, it's, it's important that you look on us. It's important that you make sure that you're focusing on what we're about to tell you because the apostles wanted the man to give him complete attention. They wanted this man to give complete attention unto them. The second key element of a miracle found in these verses is that the crippled man, the crippled man was not expecting anything but those pennies. But the authoritative command contained in the voice of Peter and John calls the man to anticipate something incredible. Nobody ever, you know how it is. You know how you walk into Walmart, you're like, Salvation Army guy or girl, gal standing there. You walk in, you're like, you're in to go get your sweet potatoes and your, all your stuff. And that person, I'm saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, that's all they get. But on this day, somebody didn't have change in their pocket. Sister Joe, they stopped. Look on us. And no doubt, I can see it. I'm just, my mind goes there. The, the man sitting there, he's like, and nobody ever talked to me. Nobody ever says, huh? Look on us. 
And so then he knew, man, it's about to be payday. And probably he's like, man, you know how it is. Sometimes you feel it. Yesterday I did. I just felt it. I didn't know this man from Adam, but I gave him some money. I, just, I, felt, I felt to do it. I gave him some money. Yeah, I'm saying, Sorry, day before yesterday. You know how it is. <laughs> man, I'm about to get me a hamburger. I mean, I, I'm, about to, I'm about to go get me a new tent because my other one has a hole in it or whatever it is. But on this day, he's looking at him. He's like, and they look at him and they go, silver and gold, we don't have any of that. And I, probably the man was like, huh? But he had, or they had his undivided attention. And so he's still looking at him, huh? But, <laughs> there's that word, but such as we have, give I thee. Oh, lay down for me, lay down there. Lay down. I got to be able to reach you, so lay down there. Yeah, get up, that's fine. I just like props sometimes. But you're supposed to be looking, you got to be a little bit attentive to me. There you go, yeah. No, no, don't go to sleep. But he goes like this, silver and gold have I none. He probably laid his head back and brought it back up. But such as I have, give I thee, and check this out, without any hesitation in Peter, without any hesitation, he goes, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. It's different just saying, in the name of Jesus. You said it. Somebody's text you. Hey, I need you to pray for me. And sometimes we just nonchalantly, Brother Bill, we're like, in Jesus' name. But when you have faith in the name, with authority and with zeal and passion, I'm, I'm sure that he didn't go, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He knew in what he was saying. He knew the faith that nobody could see that was working inside of him. I know that I looked just a few days ago. I looked as he rose up into the heavens. I looked when he opened up his hand and said, hey, this is what I did for you. Look at my, see that, that was for you. And he knew, he knew that he had walked out of the grave. He knew all of that stuff. So he said, uh-huh. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to have faith in the name that we speak. If you will get a comprehension of the name of Jesus Christ and what that name means, and that if you have faith in that name, I got to hurry. You may be seated. That second key element is that we must have faith in that name. You got to have faith in that name. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. The faith of Peter did not end with mere uttering those words. Those, this is just what I'm saying. No, he put some action to it. You see, sometimes we say it. I said it a moment ago. In Jesus' name. But I wonder what would happen is when somebody presents you a need, if you said, oh, in Jesus' name. I read somewhere, if I touch the hem of his garment, oh, man, 
he stops the procession. And he says, oh, hold on a second. Who touched me? So what I got to do right now is my baby, my friend, my wife, my husband, my next door neighbor has a need. And I got faith in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm stretching. I'm pushing through the mess. I'm pushing through the busyness. I'm pushing through everything I got. I don't feel like praying. But God, I'm praying because when I invoke your name, when I believe and have faith in your name, when I trust in your name, you're going to stop everything. God. Bear with me. I, gotta, I said I wasn't going to be very evangelistic today, so I've got to be careful. Sit down, sit down. Peter and John had faith in the power of the name of Jesus. They weren't uncertain about it. It wasn't something that they wondered about. No, they had faith in the name of Jesus. And I submit to some people on this, in this house today, we've got to have faith in the name of Jesus. We've got to have faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter on that day had set the stage for James who would later write concerning faith. Faith without works is dead. I, got, I believe I have faith in the name, but I'm going to show you I have faith in the name. It's easy to say, oh, I have faith, I have faith in belief. It's easy to do that. But when we get on our knees or we get on our face or we, or we step out in faith, and so, you know something, I, I got faith that God can supply, so I'm going to ask for God to supply. I'm going to ask for God to supply. I'm going to submit the need. And if I submit the need, don't think, uh, this is what people think. For instance, if we're in the house and we submit a need, a financial need or, or whatever it is, people may, well, it's just because you asked. I don't believe so. And this is the reason why. I don't, I don't believe people are just going to react and do and give or whatever just because. I believe, I believe this because it's what the Bible says. When you ask, you shall receive. But, hold on, what if all those people don't believe? What if all those people don't trust in you? What if you don't have good rapport with any of those people? Amen? But when we present a need in the house, and I know the faith and the desire and the want and the sensitivity of the people in the house... I believe God's going to begin to move on them. And they're going to say, you know something? I don't got a whole lot. But I know that God will supply my need. And so they give sometimes sacrificially. Amen? Look at the woman that just gave just a little bit in the Bible. He looked at her and said, hey, all you people that gave your hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars, this woman gave more. And there's blessing that falls. And so that's what's incredible to me. People may, oh, it's just because their people are being generous. Eh, sometimes, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes don't, people don't have the heart to do such. But when you say, hey, we got this need, and people know who their God is, they say, God, if you're going to use anything, use me. I'm going to, here you go. Here's my hundred. Here's my ten. Here's my five. And they give, and then it happens. It happens. It's happened to me, and I know it's happened to people in this building. They've done things like that, and when they do that, God shows up and they gives them. They gave a hundred, and God says, "Here's your hundred. Here's one to top it off. Here's your. You were expecting a three percent raise, but I'm going to give you a three point five percent raise, and that's how God works. That is an individual. Those individuals that do that, they understand that I have faith in my God, 
and I have faith, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my pocketbook because it's not my pocketbook to begin with. And I know that Jesus Christ owns a cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold and all the silver is his. Amen. This is not a prosperity message. I'm just trying to explain something to us today. When we do that, it's not just people wanting to be nice and give their money. People understand the, the reason I'm going to give is because I know who my God is. And I have faith in my God. And he, he's promised me that I'm never going to be without if I honor him, if I trust in him, if I believe in him, if I do what I'm supposed to do, if I live according to God's word, and he's going to make sure that there's a smorgasbord before me, all of my need is supplied, everything's there for me. So God, whatever I have is yours. And that's what happened. I told you, I got to get back to my notes. Here. Acts 3, verse 7 and 8. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping, listen to this, and praising God. Stay with me. It's mind-blowing, in my opinion. Maybe it's not to you. Maybe you've read it a thousand times too, and it's just mundane. But it's mind-blowing. It's so interesting. It's incredible that... You look at this healed man, and he has no doubt got legs, got strength, and he's got everything is better. Hips are good, everything's good. But the first thing he does, he's on the porch, ladies and gentlemen. He's not even inside, he's not sitting on a pew. He's on the porch. And there is places that he's never been able to walk before. There's places and people that he's never got to walk up to and say, hey, how are you doing? And he can see it all. No doubt in my mind, he can see every bit of it. He's looking out there. Wow. But the Bible doesn't say that. He goes and shakes somebody's hand on the street. It doesn't say that he goes and tells everybody in the street and out at the marketplace that he's never got to go to by, without assistance. The Bible says, he goes, and he walks into the temple. And he can't stay still because I've never walked in the temple before. And he goes, it probably starts like this. And then he starts running and leaping and praising God in the temple. It's amazing to me what he does. Because even the man that has never been able to go into a church service, the man that's never been able to clap his hand, he doesn't go and tell everybody outside the building. He goes in the building and the first thing he does is leaps and praises God. He probably wasn't a Bible college student. He probably didn't know a whole lot of everything, but he knew one thing. Oh, yeah, I got faith in something, and that's the guy that just did this. It wasn't these two nice guys. It was the guy that they talked to me about named God, named Jesus. Jesus Christ did something for them that he did not expect to see happen. Such a miracle was due only, only to faith in the name of Jesus. That's it. Somebody say faith. faith. Faith in the name of Jesus. It is important for every person to exhibit faith in Jesus Christ, to receive spiritual blessings. But in the case of the lame man's faith, he had little to do with it. He had little to do with the work of healing he received. So I was talking about a moment ago. 
Some people don't have the faith. Some people, some people are well, what do you mean faith? What? I wonder what it was. Listen, it was not the crippled man's faith in the name of Jesus that produced his healing. Rather, it was the faith of Peter and John. What they placed, the value, the faith that they placed in the name of Jesus. That's why it's important, ladies and gentlemen, that when you say, I have faith in the name of Jesus, when somebody asks you to pray for something, have faith in the name of Jesus and pray. Touch the hem of his garment. Call on his name and he'll supply the need. He'll do. Oh, I wish seven of you would believe what I'm talking about. I'm telling you right now, it was Peter and John and the faith that they placed in the King of Kings. The faith that they placed in the Lord of all lords. It was the faith, the faith that they placed in the one that ascended before them. And I'm telling somebody today, if you have faith in the name of Jesus, you'll see mountains be removed. You'll see family members coming to the church. You'll see things happen in 2022 that you never thought would happen. These people, these people that were in the temple, they probably most likely began to recognize this former cripple. And they began to crowd around him and they began to wonder what's going on, what are these apostles doing, what happened here? And they were amazed. And as I talked about a moment ago, they were bewildered and they were, they, they were my, their mind was completely overtaken by what had just taken place. And it gripped the hearts of every person that was looking their way. And as the crowd gathered, Peter began to preach about what had just transpired. That's what I was talking about a moment ago. I love it. His first order of business. His first, the first thing that I'm going to talk about with all of you being around here is, why are you marveling at this? Why are you marveling at this? Why, what is, the, the, the two questions that he asked and, the first one is, why are you marveling? Why are you looking at us? Why, why, why in the world is this, the, why are we the key element in this situation? Because it has nothing to do with us. That's right. Number one, why are you so amazed? Number two, why are you looking at me and my buddy? Because we didn't do it. That's it. It's the one. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't have faith in Pastor Darren. Don't just believe what Pastor Darren's saying. I said it before. Listen, that baptistry is warm and we got clothes for you. And we got a place for you to come and repent and be baptized. Let God baptize you with his spirit. But don't take my word for it and don't think it's me in the church that's doing it. I'm going to tell you something. God can change your trajectory. God. I'm not going to name his name. I'm not going to name his name. But there's a, man, a young man here today that I'm going to tell you, just give you a quick story. I was youth pastor. He came in the house of God. Didn't have any, any reason to live for Jesus Christ. Didn't have any, didn't, probably didn't have a desire to. But he came in and God began to change him. And he allowed God to change him. And God began to work on him, work on his spirit, work on his heart. He, began, he worked in a fast food restaurant. He went to a call center. He went to all different kind of places. And today he works a magnificent job. And listen to me. He ain't got a college degree. He's got a good old high school diploma from Denison High School. And I'm going to tell you something. It isn't because of his wonderful smarts that he has. It's because God said, if you'll allow me to come in, if you'll have faith in me, I'll give you a wife. I'll give you, 
I need somebody to hear me right now. I'll give you things that you never thought were possible. And I'm telling you, the blessings will keep coming. The healing will keep coming. The transformation will keep coming. And I can't wait till I preach about what else God is going to do for him in 2022. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it's only because of faith in Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the heritage that we have. It has nothing to do with Truth Church of Denison up on the hill. It has to do with having faith in the God that I'm preaching about today. When you have faith in the God that I'm preaching about, when you say, here's everything. Here's my breath, here's my life, here's my finances, here's my health, here's my marriage, here's everything. Here it is. And God starts picking it up. Right, yep. Nope, right there. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. You gotta have the want to, you gotta have the desire, you gotta have the heartbeat, you gotta say, Lord, I'm gonna sacrifice. God, I'm gonna get up in the morning, I'm gonna pray. God, I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna do it. I I don't know why. I don't know why it's so pressing upon me, but God, I think I do. I think if I truly have faith, if I can wrap my head around having true faith in you, Jesus, you'll do everything your word says you'll do. The Bible says, hear me. I would that you would prosper as your soul prospers. put our hand to the plow and we try to make ourselves prosper. It's because I'm big and bad and I got my job. I can hang sheetrock like crazy. Come on, you want to test? I'll do it with you. I, probably can do, I promise I can do it faster. Just being kind of arrogant right now. Let's go. But it ain't because of me. Everything that I do, everything that you do is only because of Jesus. And if we can have faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says he'll supply all your need. You need healing? He'll give you healing. You need transformation? He'll give you transformation. If you don't like your job, place your faith in Jesus Christ. And don't just say it. Don't just be a Sunday morning Christian, but be an everyday Christian where you get on your knees and say, Lord, I have faith in you. You gave me breath today. You gave me life today. You gave me peace today. You need a miracle. Have faith in Jesus. You may be seated. And considering Peter's first question, it had not been many days prior to this that Jesus had performed many such miracles in the midst of the people. The fact that this particular man was not walking was no greater miracle than those Jesus had performed. Still, the people were blown away. (laughs) They were astonished at the event. With the second question, Peter Cut to the heart of the matter of who should receive glory for the healing of the man. Regardless, regardless of the measure of the person's spirituality or relationship with God, it is always, somebody say always. Always. It is always God, not man, who does the miracle. And he... Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. 
and he must receive all of the glory. Not some of it. I've heard it said. Oh, man. I'm where I'm at today. Thank God for Truth Church. Thank God for Pastor. And thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for you. No, 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 no. Please, I'm asking you right now. Eliminate me and eliminate this building and this church from that thanksgiving. Give it only to Jesus Christ. It is nothing that we do. Yes, we got programs. Yes, we do stuff. Yes, we have disciples. But let me tell you something. It is not us. All glory is given to Jesus. It isn't our prayer team. They're only the conduit for God to lay hands on you and you to receive your healing today. Amen. Faith. Faith contains two elements. Belief and trust. It is necessary to believe in the name of Jesus. But it is also imperative to have trust in that name. I believe, but I trust in that name. That's why it seems redundant. I know, I've seen it. I've, I've looked in my rearview mirror, and I've seen them as I pray. Jesus, touch the teachers and the friends. Let them see you inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. That's towards the end of our prayer. Every morning before we go get out of the school. And I see it. Sometimes, in Jesus' name, amen. Touch the teacher and friends. Jesus' name, amen. But for me, and I'm, I'm okay with it being redundant. I'm okay with it being a, just a, a thing that they do, a pattern that they do right now. One of these days they're going to get it. But when I say, in Jesus' name, amen, I have faith in him, and I trust that he's going to protect them. I trust that all of their friends and their teachers, they're going to be different. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're better than any other kid, but Brother Tex, I am believing. I am believing, and I have trust that all of their teachers and friends are going to see Jesus inside of them. And how they walk, how they talk, how they live, how they carry themselves. And that's what I believe. Because I'm not just saying his name. I believe in his name. And I trust in his name. Praise God. As Peter preached that afternoon, he began his message by identifying the one responsible for the healing. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the one that was responsible. Jesus Christ was the one that was responsible. And all you jokers, you rejected him. Perhaps it was the location of this event that caused Peter to preach as he did. For it was there on Solomon's porch only a few weeks earlier that the Jews, they took stones up to stone Jesus. He proclaimed, I and my father are one. They didn't like it. Peter picked up the torch and he proclaimed the truth of the oneness of God. He preached that Jesus was not just another man, but the son of God. It was necessary, stay with me, that Peter proclaimed Jesus to be the Son of God. 
Well, a certain amount of faith in our fellow man is needful and healthy. It is unwise, and I just stated that a moment ago. It is unwise to place all of our faith in mankind. Placing all of our faith in man will lead us to disaster. I tell you over and over again, do not place your trust in Pastor Darren. Place it in Jesus only. This is why, for humanity is mortal and plagued by the occasional failure. It was necessary for Peter to stress that Jesus was more than mere mortal and that he was indeed the Son of God. Thus Peter proclaimed to the Jews on that day that God, that God, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his Son Jesus. It was Jesus that did everything that you saw happen. It was Jesus that made this lame man to walk. And as Peter proclaimed the deity of Jesus Christ, he also identified who held responsibility for his death. While Pilate was the official one in charge. And it was the Sanhedrin. It was all of this that happened. He let them know, no, it wasn't that. It was Jesus that laid down his life. It was Jesus, the Messiah, that did it all. It was Jesus that was complete and total control. And after Peter declared the deity of Jesus, he then proclaimed the very heart of the gospel message. God has raised Jesus from the dead. Perhaps some in the crowd that day were Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Peter boldly proclaimed that he and John were witness to the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead and that he was alive. And a witness, here we go, a witness, according to commentary, is someone, is someone who can give a first-hand account of something seen, heard, or experienced. In his final address to his disciples, Jesus stated, listen to it, ye shall be witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. In Acts 1 and verse 8. The crowd of dictionary defines the word shall as denoting an order, promise, or obligation. A Christian. Somebody say, I'm a Christian. A Christian. As a Christian, our first responsibility is not to warm a pew. It's not just to walk into the building. But it is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Amen. And all that he has done in our life. More importantly, it's our duty. It is our duty to make sure that we bear witness of what God has done. We got to go beyond our verbal communication. And we got to let it encompass everything we do. How we walk, how we talk, how we live, everything we do. Letting the light of Jesus Christ shine through us. 
That's why it's important that we come out from among them and we're separate. We don't look like, we don't talk like, we don't live like the world. Why? Because we're to bear witness of Jesus Christ living inside of us. Jesus, touch my babies. Cover them in your blood. Touch their teachers and their friends and let them see you inside of them. we got to bear witness of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands unto the Lord, all you people. Matthew 5 and verse 16 paints this picture for us, exactly what we're to do. If you're wondering, if you're an in-the-closet churchgoer, if you're an in-the-closet apostolic person, if you're an in-the-closet, I don't know what everybody knows, I go to Truth Church of Denison. The Bible says this, let, verse 16, let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And this is what happens when you do all this. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. That's what I'm supposed to do. That is me having faith in the name of Jesus. Oh, about seven of you believe that right now. His name through faith. Through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The 16th verse of Acts chapter 3 is the axis of the entire chapter. Within the verse, the Apostle Peter identified two elements as being key. Somebody say key. key. If you've got a pen, get it out. And you're going to write this stuff down today. It'll help you, I promise. It's the key to the event that happened, that took place. The name of Jesus and faith in the name. The name of Jesus and faith in in the name, both of these elements are paramount to the power of the name of Jesus and the healing. The name of Jesus and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Throughout the New Testament, it is obvious that the name of Jesus was an intricate, a powerful, a most definite part of the teachings of the apostles and the early church. Acts 4 and 12, Acts 4 and 12 reveals that the name of Jesus is the only name through which we may receive salvation. Acts 4 and 12, if you want to write it down, reveals the name of Jesus is one of the ways. The name of Jesus is the only name. The only name. I can't say it again. Over, I can't say it enough. Over and over again. 
It's the only name. If you've been baptized in any name, any other name, if you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized wrong. Not because I said so, but because the book says so. Go look it up. Acts 4.12. It reveals that the name of Jesus is the only name through which we may receive salvation. Sins are remitted through the invocation of the name and in water baptism. Get your pen. Acts 2, 8, 10, 19. Go read them. The disciples cast out demons in the name. Not a name, but the name. Many were healed through his name. The apostle Paul admonished the church of Colossia to be, to do everything, word and deed. Whether in word or in deed, in the name of Jesus. Right here at Truth Church, every Sunday morning when we get doing, get finished doing our little huddle up here with the dream team, the last thing we do is one, two, three, Jesus. And it may be funny to some, but when I saw it happen, I got to the Word. It's got Bible behind it. I believe it. Everything that Brother Noe talked about, everything that we agreed upon, everything that we were in unity about, Jesus, let it be done. We talked about greeting you. We talked about saying hi to you. We talked about making you feel welcome in the house. We're going to do all of that in Jesus' name. To the Philippians, Paul wrote that every knee should bow at the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. But the invocation of the name alone is not enough. We must also Brother Jacob, have faith in the name. We got to have faith in the name. If you don't have faith in the name, just like saying any other name. But if you have faith in the name, if you don't believe in the name, if you don't have faith in the name, I mean, hey, I, I've met, I, this year I've met two Jesuses, two of them, Jesus, two of them this year. I've met two of them. It's just like any other name. But when I speak the name of Jesus and Sister Judy, I have faith in that name and I believe in that name. It's different. No offense to anybody named Jesus, but when I'm driving down the road and I say, Jesus, that ain't doing nothing. When a car's coming my way and there's almost a wreck, I, Jesus, that ain't going to do nothing. But if I'm driving down the road and an unexpected thing is about to happen and I've got faith in the name and I believe in the name, I can shout the name of Jesus and Jesus can detour anything that's coming to ail me or hurt me. He can't. Somebody say faith in his name. The name of Jesus is the most powerful name ever uttered. But the component that produces the power is our faith in his name. Somebody say my faith. The apostle Peter stressed the point in Acts 3 and verse 16. That the crippled man had received his healing by the name of Jesus. Through faith in his name. Faith that produces miracles through the name of Jesus Christ is the faith is the faith that places trust 
in the ability of the name. I got faith and I place trust in the ability of that name. That I may know him. You see, that's what's different, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know him, you can't place trust in him. But if you've got your Bible and you've opened it up and you've read it every day and you've read about all he can do and you've trusted in him and you've believed in him and you've tried the spirits and see if they be of God and, and all of these different things that the word of God tells us to do when you speak the name of Jesus over something I've got faith in that name but I also trust that name that that name can do everything that it says it can do it can make the lame to walk it can make the blind to see it can make the hurt and the broken that peace and safety Stand to your feet. I'm hurrying. I could have her music this morning. There's Greek lexicon defines pestis. The Greek word translated faith as belief. With the predominant idea of trust. Or confidence, whether in God or in Christ, springing from faith in the same. The writer of the book of Hebrews expounded on the idea of faith in the 11th chapter and the 6th verse. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, listen, must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It is impossible. Somebody say impossible. It is impossible to please God unless we put our trust in him. Jesus stated, if ye have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Again, the word faith literally means trust. In and in conjunction with the trust comes the promise that nothing shall be impossible unto you. Jesus taught, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. The word believe, getting done with our college lesson right now. The word believe translated from the Greek word, pisteo, a derivative of pistes. Somebody with better pronunciation of this can help me. And it also carries the same connotation of trust. What great and mighty works might be seen if every, this is what I want you to get, born again child of God would truly, somebody say truly, truly and fully trust in God to answer our prayers. Far greater than a person's simple belief in the Lord's ability to provide in one's complete, is one's complete trust in Him to provide. Bible says in Psalms 20 and verse 7 some trust in chariots 
Some trust in their vehicles. Some trust in horses, their own volition, their own want to, their own desire, their own might. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And ladies and gentlemen, that's where it lies. What are some other things that got to happen? You got to have repentance. You got to repent from your ways. You got to repent from doing it all on your own and place complete and total trust in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus can get the job done. Faith in the name of Jesus can get the better job. Faith in the name of Jesus can cause the lame to walk, the dumb to speak. Faith in the name of Jesus can heal your marriage, heal your home, heal your finances. Faith in the name of Jesus. But you got to have trust in that name. Don't trust in yourself. Don't do it all by yourself. Repent from that way. We've done that far too long. I want you to close your eyes all across the building. We have safety teams. So you don't have to be alarmed. Just close your eyes and lift your hands to a comfortable place right now. On this last Sunday, where I've tried my best to deliver to you, having faith in the name of Jesus, I want you to lift your hands to him. If you want to receive anything from God, first thing you need to do, first action that needs to take place is you need to repent before God. It's a key component to receiving anything. It's a key component whether you're a sinner or a saint, whether you're a guest or whether you're a family member visiting with friends. Today, we need to repent. Can you do that all across the building? What do I do, sir? Ask God to create in you a clean heart.